here we go. You are and gospel on this Wednesday, January the 18th, 2022. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And what we have been doing on Wednesdays is examining the book of Proverbs. Because it's clearly the wisdom of God. Well, what's the wisdom of God? The wisdom of God is best understood as contrary to the wisdom of the old Adam. The old Adam, well, it has kind of knowledge in it, but it is based on experience in contrast to the wisdom of God that is based on revelation. The best example would be Adam and Eve. The wisdom of man was listening to the serpent in the Garden of Eden and coming to the conclusion, well, I can become like God if I eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So they did, and they had to hide from God because they knew they had sinned. The wisdom of God was do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So many a time in the book of Proverbs, Solomon is talking to his son. But in reality, the father is talking to us. Now, the section we're going to look at is Proverbs 3, verses 1 to 12. And there's something there that you just don't see until after you go through the 12 verses. So that's what we're going to do. Proverbs 3, 1 to 12 is referred to as the third address to his son. And so what does he say? My son, do not forget my teaching. Now, if that's all that that verse said, well, that can work out just by having the kids memorize Luther's small catechism, the Ten Commandments, and so forth and then they won't forget the teaching. But that's not what this means. If you go on, it says, but let your heart keep my commandments. And that is a way of saying that Solomon is not just looking for knowledge on the part of his son, but understanding and obedience. So when God gave the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, it wasn't so that we could make him our God, if only we just kept on obeying the commandments. That's law, and that never works in the Bible. No amount of obedience by an unbeliever can ever move them to be a believer. And once you have faith, then you don't need to be obedient to be saved but obedience occurs as a result of your faith. So the first step in your salvation is that the Holy Spirit gives you faith. It's not something you choose. It's not something you can decide to do. It's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Therefore, to not forget the teachings of God means to keep his commandments 
with understanding. I've used this example a number of times. I'm going to go to the garage and I tell my five-year-old son, well, I am gone. So I walk out the back door, go to the garage, and guess what he does? He goes into the basement because he's heard not to go into the basement. He's curious and he's rebellious. So I come home and he's in the basement and I say, did you not hear me? And he said, yes. And he says, you told me not to go in the basement. See, he did not forget my teaching, but he did not keep the understanding of it properly. He let his heart follow his old Adam. In other words, this is very bad. To let your heart keep my commandments refers to a vigilance that you watch over your behavior. And there is a result if you let your heart keep the commandments of God. That's verse 2. Because then you will have length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. Length of days doesn't necessarily refer to the amount of time you're going to be on earth but it's eschatological. What does that mean? Well, it means that there's a life after death, and that death occurs, and that life continues as your spirit goes to heaven and then is rejoined with your body on the day of judgment. That's a length of days and years of life, and also peace. Now, that word peace can refer, be referred to as wholeness. There's a wholeness in your life. Now, what does that mean? It means that when you suffer, and who today is not suffering and concerned about, well, the virus or unemployment or not being able to pay for your house or not getting another job, all, all kinds of things. But wholeness means that you understand that whatever is happening to you is according to the will of God, and therefore he has a beneficial purpose for it. And so you're still whole. You don't fall apart. That's very, very important to understand. So what these first two verses say is that life without God is not complete. And that the teaching that you hear from God, the wisdom you hear from God needs to be internalized. That's very, very important. And it's internalized by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. Internalized, what does that mean? It becomes part of your new Adam, so that when you sin by the old Adam, you recognize, well, that's against the wisdom of God, and you are contrite over that sin, you repent of that sin, and as a believer, that sin is forgiven. 
so that you are not held accountable for the sin that you do. So, verse 3, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Now, that steadfast love would be the kind of love that God has for you. It's steadfast. It never ends. He's faithful to you. So when that occurs in a relationship, then we are faithful to the one who has steadfast love towards us and faithfulness, such as in a marriage. And that steadfast love and faithfulness, the next line, bind them around your neck. Another word for that would be fasten them around your neck. Now, that was said earlier in Proverbs, where the fastening you'll see on women, a lot of times they'll have a chain around their neck, maybe with a cross at the end of it or a pitcher or something like that. And that is they bind that around their neck because whatever that symbolizes is important to them. And that's why God says to fasten them around your neck. But the next part is very good. Verse 3, write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, this word tablet is the same word used in Exodus 34, verse 12, referring to the tablets of the Ten Commandments. Now, a lot of people, if you ask them, there were two tablets, a lot of times the answer is, well, on one of them were the first three commandments, and on the other tablet were the other seven. But a closer look at the Bible reveals that the two tablets were actually, one was a copy of the other. All Ten Commandments were on each tablet. And therefore, one might suggest that the commandments dealing with God were on the first side and the commandments dealing with the neighbor are on the second side. So commandments 1 to 3 on one side, commandments 4 through 10 on the other. And we're to write them on the tablet of our heart. So our heart, if you'll recall in verse 1, Our heart, we are to keep the commandments. In other words, we keep them by understanding their meaning and following the wisdom of God. So verse 3 compares the commandments that God gave to Sinai as the words of Yahweh, and therefore the tablet of your heart is also to have the words of Yahweh. Yahweh is the name of God given to Moses in the Old Testament chapter 3 of Exodus. And it means I am who I am. A lot of times in the English, you'll see it as written the word Lord with each letter capitalized. So what happens when you bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart? Verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God 
and also in the sight of man. Now, that word good success means good sense. You'll act sensibly from God's point of view. In the sight of God is really translated as in the eyes of God. And man also will recognize your wonderful integrity and you keep your word, you keep your promise. So that's what will happen when you write them on the tablet of your heart. Verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. There we have the word heart again. And do not lean on your own understanding. Now, lean can be translated as do not rely on your own understanding. You know how many people rely on their own understanding? Every time you sin, that's relying on your own understanding. It's unbelievable how many people think that a man can marry a man or a woman can marry a woman or that you can kill the baby that is pregnant within a woman. That's leaning on your own understanding. And people will say, well, that's the way I feel. Who are you to tell me that I shouldn't feel that way? I'm not telling you you shouldn't feel that way. God, in his wisdom, is telling you, don't lean on your own understanding. Don't rely on that because your own understanding is really coming from the old Adam. And therefore, lean instead, not on your experience, but on the revelation of God's holy word. Verse six, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So to acknowledge him means to know him. And that's what happens in a worship service. We begin the worship service in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We confess our sins to him. We receive the absolution. We praise him throughout the service. We listen to the sermon. We baptize our children and adults who have not been baptized. And we take the Lord's Supper. This is how you know God, how you acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Now, that really refers back to the work of John the baptizer. Remember, you have hills, you have valleys, and they're smoothed out. You know, if you ride a bike, you don't want to spend your whole time going up a hill because it's just too difficult. But going down a hill Boy, sometimes you can lose control. So the path is straight. And the path is talking about what Jesus says. There are two paths. The broad path, and that is the path of the old Adam. Because a lot of people like that path. Because on that path, they believe that their works are what saves them. It's a broad path but it doesn't lead to heaven. The narrow path is faith in Jesus Christ. So to continue 
to talk about being wise in your own eyes. Verse 7 says, be not wise in your own eyes. That's the same as the end of verse 5. Do not lean on your own understanding. Fear the Lord. And there, even in the English, the word Lord is capitalized. Fear Yahweh and turn away from evil. That was the message of Jesus Christ at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark. He has come to preach repentance, which is a turning away from evil and also trusting the Lord. And guess what? Verse 8 says, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Now, that's the translation of the ESV. But in reality, looking at the original Hebrew, it says, healing to your navel and drink in your bones. In other words, different cultures, we, we talk about if you love someone, you love them with your whole heart. But in Jesus' day, healing was a part of your navel. And therefore, they would say healing to your navel. It wasn't really the part that gets healed, but it was certainly that which helps heal. And refreshment to your bones meant drink to your bones. So verse 9 goes on, Honor Yahweh with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Now, the word produce there means your entire harvest. So there was even a festival where the first fruits of the crops were given to Yahweh at the synagogue, at the temple, etc. Why? Because you trusted that the rest of the fruit would be coming. So by giving the first fruits, it was an act of faith that God said he would take care of you. And when you do that, verse 10, then your barns will be filled with plenty. In other words, they'll be filled to capacity. And your vats, now that's a word for wine presses, will be bursting with wine. And we kind of remember that happened at the wedding at Cana, where their vats, those stone jars, were bursting with wine when Jesus had the servants fill them up with water to the brim, and it turned into the best of wine. So Solomon says in verse 11, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Again, Lord is capitalized, so that's referring to God, Yahweh. And do not despise means do not reject the Lord's discipline or, by, or be weary of his reproof. In other words, don't despise his warnings. See, that's the work of the law where God reminds you when you sin, look, this is what you did. 
and there are temporal consequences, not eternal consequences because you are forgiven, but the temporal consequences will be part of the Lord's discipline. Why? Verse 12 explains it. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves. And then the next line is very interesting. As a father warns the son in whom he delights. Now, though Solomon is the father of his son, and it really represents God talking to us, this is the only time in Proverbs where God is likened to a father. As a father warns the son with whom he delights. In other words, with whom he is well pleased. Remember what happens after God the Father says to Jesus at his baptism, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then into the wilderness, the spirit sends him. And of course, there's a warning not to follow the temptations of Satan. And Jesus never falls into temptation. He always gives a Bible verse against the temptations. And the verses are from Deuteronomy. Now, I, I said there was something about verses 1 to 12 that you may not recognize. And what they are, there are six times where God gives us his wisdom. And with each time, there is a word of promise as to what will happen. The words of wisdom are found in verses 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, and 11. And the promises are found in verses 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, and 12. Let me quickly go through them, beginning with verse 1 and then the promise. Verse 1 says, Do not forget my teaching. The promise is you will have a whole life. Verse 3 says, keep mercy and truth in your heart. And guess what? Before God's people, you will find favor and also before God. Verse 5 says, trust in Yahweh. And verse 6 says, therefore you will have straight paths in your life. Verse 7 do not be wise in your own imagination, but fear the Lord. And that results in verse 8, health, spiritual and physical health. Verse 9 says, honor Yahweh. And what does verse 10 say? You will be prosperous, not only here on earth, but especially in eternal life. Verse 11 says, do not reject Yahweh's discipline. 
because verse 12 says, Yahweh will love you just like a father loves you. So isn't that interesting? You've got six ways of wisdom, not to forget teaching, to keep mercy and trust, to trust Yahweh, don't rely on your wisdom, but fear Yahweh, honor Yahweh, and don't reject his discipline. And then you have six promises of whole life, favor before God and other people. You'll be on the straight path. You'll receive physical and spiritual health. You will be prosperous, and God will love you as a father. It doesn't mean that you'll receive all these promises fully in this life, but you certainly will receive them fully in the life to come. That is after the resurrection, after judgment day. So what we have in Proverbs 3, 1 to 12, is a carefully written section talking, first of all, about the six ways of God's wisdom and then the six promises for those who are following God's wisdom rather than leaning on their own understanding. And that's what sin does. It always leans on your own understanding. And of course, that's not the way of God. That's following the old Adam. The way of God is in the new Adam to believe and trust in him. Follow this wisdom and you'll have these promises guaranteed. A wonderful section of Proverbs, chapter 3, 1 to 12. Now, we're in our new year, therefore, and there are some expenses. So if you at all able to help us, you can send us a check. You make it out to Law and Gospel. It's a tax-deductible check, which means you'll get a form from the IRS at the end of the year that you can take off that money off your income tax. And you mail it to Law and Gospel, Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. On tomorrow's Law Gospel, we're going to take a look. Somebody questioned the reading we had in church a couple of weeks ago, and we'll explain that. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.